on, podcasting world. Welcome back to another episode of the Core Consult RX podcast. My name is Mike Corvino. With me, as always, Cole Swanson, and we're joined by Dr. Brian Gilbert for the what sixth time, fifth, sixth time, six. MJ. It nice. is what it is. And uh, two more guests. What's up, guys? Hey. Hi. Hey, on. Who are y'all? Introduce yourselves. Tell everyone what's up. Oh, so my name is uh, Brady Dively. I'm a PGY-1 resident here at Wesley Medical Center. And I'm Christina Brummett. I'm the PGY-2 in critical care at Wesley. Nice. PG-1 and PGY-2. Nice. Yep. Uh, all levels. And Brian, what level are you? PGY-12? Uh, I'm a Super Saiyan. That's where <laughs> Wow. That's a cool level. <laughs> so Brian, how's life going, man? Man, we're we're killing it right now. Trying to uh, start prepping and get ready for mid year. Gonna be up in Vegas this year, so uh, been working on my blackjack. Been working on my uh, poker face a little bit. Nice. Vegas? What the heck? What are I, we doing? Wasn't it in Vegas recently or no? I could have swore it was in Vegas like a couple years ago. Maybe 2016. Was... Okay. 2016 was the last time. So. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So it's a good time to like you know get your residency applications in, and then also go real big on black at the roulette table. <laughs> Absolutely. Because then you won't even have to do the whole residency thing. You'll hey. be just taking care of those student loans and it'll be like, oh, game over. It's one one spin away from your loans being gone. Yeah. <laughs> if you play your cards right. <laughs> one $5 blackjack table at a time. Yeah, that's all you got to do. It's easy. <laughs> so, ma'am, um, I appreciate you coming on here again. We don't have like a normal, I guess, topic like we typically do. We're going to basically talk through kind of, excuse me, I have ice in my mouth for no reason at all. I just figured I should have the listeners. <laughs> I put ice in my mouth right as I started talking. That was really smart. And then we'll be talking about the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it'll melt before Cole has to give it to me. Mm, I'll give it anyway. But um, so basically we're going to talk a, a kind of prep for uh, mid-year kind of to what to expect um, if you're looking at a certain type of residency. And then also hopefully Brian, you can give us some insight into your personal, you know, residency and uh, what students would expect. Um, and hopefully get the word out a little bit, get some people yeah. over to Kansas. On purpose. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not even on, not even cause they're lost because they went there because on purpose. Of, because a tornado run there or something. Yeah. I mean, have you guys seen that movie Twister? I mean, that's pretty much an accurate portrayal <laughs> of everything that happens all the time here in Kansas. It sounds awesome. How like your house could be there and then just five seconds later, it won't be there anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the first part about, you know, mid-year is, is tackling it is it's really a big beast. It's, a, it's the largest gathering of pharmacists in the world at, at any point in time. You know, so the AMA or whatever wanted to take out all pharmacists and have all drug formularies open forever. They could just take, take this out here at this conference. But, uh, you know. Really and truly, when you think about uh, the approach to mid-year, it's about having a game plan ahead of time. And so I think that's why I think this podcast is sort of invaluable and one of the lessons that really a lot of schools of pharmacy try to prepare folks for. But uh, unless you've been there, you really just don't have an idea exactly of, of the type of beast it is. So I also wanted to bring on two residents that are, you know, in different stages. One, Brady was just... Uh, uh, in the student phase of it, where he was looking for a PGY-1, and then Christina uh, navigating it a little bit now in the job market on how to approach it. And, you know, so mid-year is really big on 
two things really. It's uh, PPS, which is your personal placement services, which is essentially speed dating with residency programs and jobs uh, where you take 30 minute interview blocks and get to know each other a little bit. Uh, so a little bit of an appetizer. And then, you know, if you sort of like the program, you can move forward and, and maybe apply to that uh, residency or apply for that job. Uh, but it's a really quick way and an introduction uh, into uh, the programs themselves. And then uh, the next big thing is the showcase at mid-year, which the showcase is essentially like every program lines up um, and you can go uh, basically booth to booth to learn about that program, um, sort of in a similar way of the PPS, except uh, where it's not quite as intimate. It's not a one-on-one -on -one, uh, scenario. So what, what would, as a P4 student, like kind of prepping for this, um, what, what would they need to bring with them? How would they, I mean, I've heard some students getting business cards. Some of them bring just multiple copies of their CV. Like what's the best way to kind of like network while you're there? Well, you go. Yeah. So I, I just went through this. Um, I, I took the, the business card approach. I bought, you know, a couple hundred just cause that's, that's what I thought I was going to be giving out. Um, I actually didn't give out maybe seven or eight. Um, nobody was really asking for me for them, um, but it's still something. It's a cheap thing to do, and when they do ask and you have it, it looks really good for you to have. Um, another thing, I mean, to prepare, always look at the programs. Um, their websites are huge resources, um, especially when you uh, know what is on their, their website page, just so you're not asking these, these questions that are already on the website. So they kind of expect you to know these things. Um, those are probably my two biggest pieces right there. The other thing that always gets asked by students and uh, maybe maybe not for students, maybe a little bit different when you're a resident if you're doing you know PPS versus going to these booths is whether or not I bring a CV or not. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you that a lot of the CVs end up in the uh, very important file that goes to New York if uh, <laughs> understand this reference, but um, you know, there are situations where some programs I know, um, especially if you're like a large, large program that's getting quite a few uh, people in traffic coming your way, um, is, you know, if you're a complete, you know, jerk around them or just completely unprofessional, sometimes they'll have like a marker system of, all right, this person is uh, not good to go. We'll go ahead and put an X on them for when they apply through. Um, so, it, you know, again, it's kind of a weird situation where maybe sometimes you don't want to be known. Maybe you're more infamous than famous in those situations. Um, I would say just carry them on you. It's probably not the end of the world. It's, it's better to, to have them and not need them than need them and not have them. Yeah. So honestly, what we did last year too, it was real nice to have business cards from residents because we had your name and we could turn them over and we could write little messages on the back and we definitely went through them after mid-year and had a pile of at this point would we interview this person at this point would we not interview this person and just kind of separated them and then when it came time to actually get applications we could match them up with the business cards we got from mid-year and it just kind of showed that little extra incentive like you were actually interested in our program at mid-year and then you applied so we knew you had some interest there the past years with pharmacy students and residents i really like and it's not like we're that far removed not like we were there 20 years ago we're we're still pretty young pops if you think about it but we're so um, young man honestly it's, <laughs> it's inspiring how young we are <laughs> 
it's you know the, the I, I call it essentially escalation of everything. It used to be that just a simple thank you card was sort of the way to go. Now it's I got to do a thank you card, thank you email, thank you tweet, thank you Instagram posts, and so. Um, it's escalated in terms of now I have to have my CV. Now I have to have, you know, it color coded. Now I need to have, you know, it's all these different types of things where really it's, I'm more of, and, and I would say a majority of the RPDs and people making the decisions in terms of, uh, you know, in, in invites for programs is, it's the KISS model. And so, you know, keeping it more simple nowadays, the way that everything is sort of electronic and, um, there's so many different applicants. There's so many different programs. It's probably just best to, to keep it and go back to the roots of what pharmacy is about, and that's taking care of patients and more personal approaches to things. If I didn't like someone, I'd probably walk around to each booth and be a huge jerk and then just hand out a business card that wasn't mine. <laughs> that is a fantastic idea. Yeah. you got to wonder. <laughs> Wow, that is uh, that was pretty thought out. Yeah, I would totally do that. Here's the thing about Cole: is he's he waits in the grass until he's ready to strike. <laughs> Just not checkers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure, I'm on another level. <laughs> he really is. It's, it's impressive. Um, so Brian, I remember a while back. I think this was two years ago. You you guys did an escape room as like a a part of the residency like interview process how, how did that go any like thoughts of doing it again which yeah so um actually we we have continued that process and uh to be fair christina's class was the first uh class that we actually utilized it on and then brady uh, went through it this past year so i actually will leave it to them uh and gonna try to fill in as much as possible I mean, I made it here, so yeah, obviously it was <laughs> a good choice. No, our interview process has become really non-standard. Um, as it progressed from my class with the escape room to kind of like some mini interviews um, with Brady's class, and I think it's actually given us a lot better insight into the residents than just your standard formal interview questions, for sure. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, definitely was the most unique interview that I went through. Definitely made Wesley stand out. Um, I just I knew that this was the kind of program that wasn't just looking at therapeutic stuff. They're looking at the whole picture, um, everything that I could do, teamwork, and, and just critical thinking, kind of thinking outside the box, the whole whole nine yards. So I really really enjoyed it. So you know we put that in place really, and and maybe MUSC was like this, and you guys can speak to it, but they really do a great job nowadays of coaching you through answers or coaching you through interview processes. So what's becoming more difficult, at least. Uh, and more are challenging uh, from the RPD and the program perspective is that you know a lot of people are starting to look the same on paper. They're starting to sound the same. But what are different ways that we can one identify the way that you know candidates can break away from the pack and uh, come up with those unique features? And so you know one of the the ways that uh, we did that was with the, the escape room and. You know, there's just a lot of things that go into that. That's leadership, teamwork, um, clinical skill sets, problem solving, uh, you know, that critical thinking that we're all looking for. And so, you know, that's been a fun way of uh, evaluating uh, residents. And, um, you know, pretty soon people will start teaching how to act in an escape room for a residency interview. And we'll have to figure out how to, you know, come up with something and, come, and something innovative. But, you know, another 
another rationale for us doing it is exactly what Brady said. It's a fun, sort of unique way of coming up with an interview process that helps, you know, make your program stand out a bit. So, and, and rumor has it, if, uh, you know, you listen closely, you can still hear some of the residents and students we trapped in there that didn't make it. Hey, listen, though, you know, you're not trying to have C players on your residency program. Yeah. So it is what it is. Only the strong survive. Once people figure out the uh, escape room, Brian's going to have them out there doing mud runs and stuff. Right. You know. <laughs> tough butter. But just big Marines yelling at them while they're slopping through the mud. What does this have to do with medicine? Nothing. <laughs> and everything. And everything. <laughs> Get used to it. You must know Brian intimately. <laughs> See, no, honestly, though, I think that's why why me and Brian get along so well is because I, I love stuff like that. That's like, okay, what is everybody else doing? Let's do something totally different. I don't want to do anything <laughs> to do like with the way people are standard, you know, way of doing things. Um, I love that, man. I think that's going to help not only like you were saying about kind of weed through the the students and figure out who's being real and who's just been coached on how to say things versus and and also i think it's going to put you guys on the map as far as like kind of like Brady was saying like well this is a really unique you know place to come so i mean you have you start getting more and more students that maybe they're doing um going through wesley as part of like their you know one of the 15 schools they're applying to or whatever but you do something like that i know for me if i saw that i'd be like man these guys are thinking outside the box i'm definitely coming here so you know, to be fair, it's also like being able to, to take people and come and, and talk on your guys' podcast, too. And it's getting and, and that's, you know, part of what we're trying to develop here is a brand and um, try to one of the things I'm trying to, to convey to our residents, too, is um, that's sort of the outside of the box thing that we're we're coaching them on now is now it's not, all, you know, everybody has the same answers. But how can you brand yourself in a different light? How can you bring in um, that? positive attention that we need, uh, especially being in a, in a place that is not, uh, normally where people want to end up, but how can we create an environment where essentially it's a FOMO type culture? Uh, we want you to be afraid of not coming here and matching here. So yeah. just the fact that you're going to miss out. So, well, I mean, that was my whole, like back in like 2017 when like, um, you know, Cole and I were first starting this stuff. Like that was kind of the whole idea that I like my first thought about this was like, well, if we can develop like some kind of a, you know, a brand or like, um, you know, group around, you know, ourselves as pharmacists, like that would be a way of generating like, you know, kind of that whole one to come train at the place you're at just because they feel like they already know you or have gotten value from you. And, you know, that whole, you know, I want to come to and do my PhD at this particular university because this professor that I've been following is putting out this research. I wanted the same kind of concept, but using social media or, um, you know, innovative ideas like that. So I love it, man. It's a hundred percent, you know, I think the future right there. Well, so I mean, uh, you know, preceptor of the year and all the awards you guys are getting and the different play and, you know, I, I think the last time I looked, you guys were right at 20,000, which, you know, is if you have a platform and a message to say, like it's ideal. And, and to be able to reach the masses that way is just is something that you can ignore. And it's it's like you said, outside of the box. And it's not in the traditional uh, sense of the way that we're teaching and educating. And it's the same way here. We're not trying to do things. We just the other thing is you adapt or die. Right. So I can't do things the same way as like you know, the large academic medical center. So what can I do to try to, you know, stand out, whether I'm a student, whether I'm a resident, 
uh, whether I'm a program, what can I do to show you the value that we offer? And that's really like sort of the core message of mid-year and PPSing. You can definitely, you're definitely not going to get an interview or a residency at mid-year or PPS, but you can definitely lose it just by the way you're acting. So I shouldn't go up to them when they're like, you have a business card. I'm like, well, I got 20,000 followers on Instagram. Is that, is that, does that mean anything to you? <laughs> you can pull the Ron Burgundy. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're going to let me need your residency program. <laughs> Uh, I'd like a desk right by the window, please. <laughs> I actually going to go ahead and insist that I get that right away. <laughs> oh man. So, um, so what else? Like what other kind of things should like students be prepping for? Um, what about grades? Let's see. Let's, that's the one that everyone's worried about. Everyone's worried about my, I know my PA students, that's the only thing they ever freaking worry about is not, are they going to kill somebody when they start prescribing in six months, but what's the grade on the test? So <laughs> how important are grades? So I will I will put it this way, and I'm a little bit unique in the in the sense to in certain the way I think on this. I actually wrote an editorial for it that I can send you, and maybe we can post in the pot, on, on the show notes. But um, so I am not like a like for sure grades are important for to an extent. Um, it really just depends on the program. It depends on the applicant themselves. Um, you know. For the most part, what everyone's moving towards is like, yes, grades sort of meeting that minimum threshold is good as long as you have other things that go along with it. So whether or not that's... Um, Brian, if you could turn your cell phone to airplane mode during the podcast, that'd be outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's patients like dying and hey, stuff. I, yeah, I know that's probably important, but listen, we're recording, so... There's something happening here. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, and you, and so you know they, we don't edit, so come on. <laughs> It's important in the sense that, like, you need to meet those minimum thresholds. Like, obviously, like, there is uh, some component of it that that says I am competent and I can uh, and have some knowledge base. Now, it doesn't mean that – it doesn't really mean squat when it comes to how you'll be as a practitioner. Now, like, a lot of programs are saying they're going to do away with GPAs altogether, especially with pharmacy, and just do a pass-fail type model. To which I am not opposed of. The problem is, is that like every um, program in pharmacy school and residency is not, uh, you know, made the same way. So when if you go to a very large pharmacy program that has a lot of research opportunities, a lot of cool preceptors doing cool things, yeah, you can get involved with that, and you know your GPA is not as important. But if you come from a program where there's not as many opportunities. I think that the GPA is one of the, the best ways you can show your professionalism, your dedication to the, the profession itself. Um, especially, too, I think about, like, uh, there's a lot of people moving towards non-traditional applicants as well. So if you're working and you're having to go through these things and you take away the GPA, like, if you're working 40 hours a week and you make a GPA and you have a GPA of 4.0, I think that's super impressive and probably on par with somebody that's not working has a three three and is involved with everything, you know. So it's really tough, um, but I understand the thought process behind moving towards a pass fail model because all of our programs are not the same, and you can have some GPAs that are inflated and some that are diluted depending on the program. Um, the best is, you know, honestly, being in school, you should try to learn this stuff to the best of your ability. And right now, the, the only way or one of the few ways that we're assessing that globally is with 
uh, a GPA. So it's important. It's not the end all be all. So don't like, you know, freak out if it's not the best in the world. At least minimum hitting or hitting those minimums is is key. I like yeah, just diluted. From, I'm gonna start yeah. saying my GPA was diluted. That's, <laughs> that was my problem. <laughs> Just from from my perspective, uh, yeah, no GPA was definitely important to me, but it wasn't my strong suit coming in uh, with interviews and everything like that. I had a, a strong research background. I was involved in a lot of things. I took every opportunity that I could that was outside of uh, just regular academic things. I was working as well. Um, I think that really helped me stand out here as opposed to the other people who had those 4.0s, 3.8s, everything like that. Additionally, one of our uh, PGY1 program directors at the end of the day, if you've got people that look exactly the same on paper, it also goes back to personality and he calls it the beer test. Could I have a beer with this person and enjoy their company? And so I think that cannot be uh, understated enough is that that is a, or overstated enough is that that's an, uh, a key opportunity when you're meeting these programs and interviewing um, is to, to create that personal connection which is essentially what we want from every pharmacist, whether it be in the community setting or in the hospital setting. So I must have passed the beer test then. <laughs> oh, God. That's a yes. <laughs> oh, was, no. Was... <laughs> Sounds like you guys are getting a couple beers after work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, man, so what's your thought? This is totally off subject and random, but I just thought of this. What are your thoughts on um, going to like the medical school model where they do two years didactic, two years... Uh, rotation like clinicals I think that that's probably your best even when you think about like residency not everybody's getting the same residency experience and same same patient experience and so I think that's probably the best way to go about doing all this is to really convey there's just the other problem is is like a lot there used to be things we knew, right? Like there was black and white in medicine. We knew those things. Well, those things that we know, those dogmatic approaches are pretty much bullshit nowadays. And so we have like a lot of things that we're starting to realize that we do that we just don't fully 100% know. And so I think that it's better to go about learning from people in their different perspectives by doing, you know, anywhere from two, uh, two to four years of training with personnel that are seeing patients frontline that I think that's probably the best bet. Um, that's just my opinion on that. I know probably a lot of pharmacy schools are not super jacked about that because then you've got a lot of professors that are, you know, teaching and doing those things, which is great. But no, I think you can't beat real world practice. Yeah. hundred percent. Bummer. I guess they're going to have to just take more students. <laughs> well, I mean, teach I, th- I think they just need to teach. <laughs> yeah. I think they just need to freaking like let some of those professors who are teaching like the history of, you know, prescription writing and things yeah. like that. Maybe just to... I mean, there's some things that I mean, moved can, undergrad. Yeah. Can you guys, like, redraw steroid structures and, like... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Why, can you not? I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not sure that that is relevant to my job on a day-to-day basis. First of oh. all, I can because I just go to Google. <laughs> What's the chemical structure for yeah. cholesterol? <laughs> so, uh, you know, they, you're, you're bringing up a good point, right? So how many things are facts that we're taught versus critical thinking? If you're going to switch the model and keep the didactic training, it needs to be more on critical thinking, literature evaluation than it is truly like facts. Because like I said before, the things that we knew were black and white are no longer the case. Yeah. 
Yeah, when I think back to my time, there does feel like there's a lot of stuff that could be cut. I don't want to sound like those, you know, high schoolers are like, why are we learning about all this dumb stuff? We should be learning to do taxes and things. There's but a lot there, of but stuff. there's a lot of dumb stuff they teach you in high school too. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's just a lot. There was, yeah. <laughs> what the heck is a parallelogram? Exactly. <laughs> it looks like a trazodone tab to me. It does. It's true. I know more about trazodone than parallelograms. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I bet they could they could cut it they could cut it down and add in some more clinical. Oh, stuff. for sure. Or better yet, yeah. well, not better yet, but if I was there, better yet, just make it three years. That'd be fantastic. Just graduate earlier. You know, <laughs> no, make- the point was to have more clinical right. experience. <laughs> well, make residents or, or make students go through a research project or manuscript writing or medical writing, like those types of things that, um, one, you talk about like innovative and things that program people are looking for. Like, yeah, we check mark, they meet the GPA, but oh, they published and let me go read this. Let me see how they run. Um, actually saw that when I was looking through PPE. So one of the ways that ASHP has it is like in the PPS system, you can actually go look at candidates and their CVs and their profiles. And one of the profiles had a writing sample and a presentation sample that I was like, wow, this is awesome. I would really like, I went through and clicked through it. And, you know, that's another thing to try to see how they can communicate to people, whether that be like patients, whether that be providers, uh, colleagues, like I think that stuff is probably just as, if not more important than, you know, fact recalling. Yeah. So let me ask you this. This is just my, so the third year, for example, was to ask me personally, like my advice, if I was mentoring a P3 on, you know, they tell me their, their end goal is to be a critical care specialist. Um, my advice to them would be to reach out to usually like things like social media and stuff like that. Grant, I mean, assuming they have like Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever and reach out to people like you who are in the business, who are putting up posts of like, publications and posters and whatnot and reach out to and see how you can connect with them, even though they're states and states away, like figure out how they can connect with them and like, you know, establish relationships now, even work on projects. I mean, I, you let me jump on and edit a, help edit a paper with you and I'm in South Carolina and you're in Kansas. I mean, it's 2019. Like it's really easy to connect with people and work on projects and stuff. So I would imagine if you had like a P3 contact you and we're like, Hey, I know you don't know me, but I'm, I'm eventually, you know, three or four years down the road, want to be a critical care pharmacist. Um, is there anything I can do to kind of like collaborate with you or anything like that? You'd probably be pretty pumped to hear from somebody like that. Right. So that's happened for the past three years. Uh, actually, <laughs> we've taken um, students uh, from the University of Florida in different um, varying stages. Because I, I went to the University of Florida. Shout out UF. Uh, shout out UF Jax, baby. Um, what? So, <laughs> uh, this is kind of the Gardner Minshew we got going on here anyway. So. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> I noticed you had a change. I was just like – is this, we're just the elephant in the room. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> Literally four seconds ago, I was like, didn't you have a beard before? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we, we've done that with a few students like, uh, the Jake who was on with us previously on one of the lectures and on the paper, uh, he and I had some students that we wrote a paper with that were able to one, like take it to a national conference and do a poster at it, which that student got a lot of play and a lot of, um, you know, I guess press is the lack of a better word for it. Um, and then puts, you know, is able to put that on their uh, CV that they did. And then we got a publication out of it. So we've actually had a couple publications from with students that we've been working with. It's sort of student driven and student led. 
And we currently have a crop of students that we're working with right now uh, that are third, second and third years uh, on a paper that, uh, yeah, we're always looking for. They're usually like review articles or clinical reviews more than, you know, heavy uh, research. But that's mostly just because of the distance. Like right now, I, I have that connection with UF, but, you know, we're always looking for new students and looking for opportunities to get them involved, um, whether it's even creating like educational posts. Um, I sent you that thing today. There's like, you know, opportunity to to really um, go crazy with FOAMED and, um, you know, those quick posts and quick drawings that, you know, I'm we put up in our, our ED right now for our, our boards that are great. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a good clinical track is to, to look at leaders or find professors in your, your institution and just say, like, I'm interested in this. This is the career path I'm looking for. But I think the biggest thing that you brought up was just mentorship. You have to have a mentor to help you through this. Uh, and as a mentor, it's like great to do that, pay it forward. You can have that great feeling when you see your mentees succeed. And um, it's, you know, it's it's a two-way street. They also offer a lot back to you. So so basically, Brian's way ahead of you, Mike. Okay, he was okay, totally on top here, of it. Okay, here's the thing. For like I'm, three I, years. I figured he's been on top of it. I just would like to point out, though, that we did not rehearse that. <laughs> and... That my great ideas as a mentor obviously are in play because Brian just verified that. So I'm just, <laughs> I'd like to point that out as well. Glad you feel justified. I feel super justified, yeah, actually. about branding and trying to get people to come to Kansas. So it's like, <laughs> if I do projects and I get them published, maybe they'll want to come and hang out in Kansas. <laughs> I please come to Kansas. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Way of recruiting is to say, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get you immortalized in PubMed. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's how we. That's the lowbrow stuff we look for on our podcast. Like, listen, dude, we'll we'll give you a big platform to stand on and say whatever the heck kind of nonsense Brian, you want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Brian gets you immortalized on PubMed. We get you immortalized on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> on Spotify, yeah, Spotify. and iHeartRadio. <laughs> oh man, takes a lot less work well, to get immortalized uh, through us. I, I was gonna say immortalized is probably the best word until Spotify decides to kick us off. <laughs> then you're no longer <laughs> then you're no longer in play. <laughs> oh, that's good fun. Okay, <laughs> what, what the heck were we talking about again? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, mid-year so mid-year, programs, right, right, right. Standing out, yeah, those types of things too. So I guess it should go without being said, but our, I'll say it anyway. You're going to be at mid-year. You're going to be around a bunch of professional people. As a resident and as a student, please don't show up in like your Hello Kitty pajamas. You know, please like be, you know, professional. Wear <laughs> Is that a joke about my mustache? Or no, are you I'm, just trying to, I'm trying to chew my eyes in the microphone again. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, act professional at all times. Assume everyone is is watching you in terms of your interactions, the way that you handle yourself. Mid-year should be fun, but it shouldn't be like social, I came alone on a bachelor or bachelorette party fun type of deal. Like Vegas is there. It's super accessible. You can take Allegiant flights. It's really cheap. Go at another time if you really want to go do Vegas and go crazy. Properly. But, you know, <laughs> on a unrelated note, but yeah, during mid-year, it should be about business. It should be considered as a business trip. Yeah, honestly, for all you listening, you have to earn a snapback flat-bill <laughs> hat for, to mid-year <laughs> before you can do it. That's how Mike would show up. Uh, oh, 100%. 100%. I have no doubt. Vans. That's when you... 
that's what your card says. Snapback because of twenty k. I'm like, look, I'm like, look, twenty k. It is what it is. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Take it or leave. I it. apologize to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Cole says, "I have no doubt." Thanks, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> None whatsoever. Uh, Vans definitely. I would rock Vans. Shorts or would for you sure. at least have on long? I'd have at least jeans on. Okay, good. at best. Excellent. Dark or just light with holes in them. No, I'm not a Hollister model. Come on. Or you got a face for radio, you know what I mean? Yeah, dude, you're not kidding. <laughs> That's why we can't do video all the time. <laughs> we have to do select videos when my face is covered. Man, um, so what else you got going on with the residency program? Like, Give us some insight for anybody who's looking, thinking critical care, thinking about you know residency in that area. What's, what's some things to look for for your particular area? So it's a hundred percent official starting in July. I'll be taken over as the residency director. Um, yeah. so that will be some poor souls, unfortunate, uh, miscoming is that <laughs> they'll be under me. Um, but, uh, so we've got that going. We, um, have some interesting patients that we are now taking full time, some really sick people. Um, if you're into the critical care game, um, we've expanded our ECMO program. We've expanded our, our, our neuro program and stroke program. Um, we're really starting to take some of the sickest of the sick. Um, you know, other, other things we got going on is uh, we're trying to expand uh, some of our organizational involvement, um, do more things with SCCM, Neurocritical Care Society, uh, ACCP, uh, things like that. Uh, and then we're just trying to really get out there on Twitter and, and really um, work with some of this education because uh, really our thought is that if we can educate folks beyond our walls, that just means that many more patients are being infected. So that's at least uh, some of the short-term stuff we got going on. Um, we will be at uh, we will be at mid-year in our booth, which uh, shameless plug. Our booth will be Monday through, or yeah, Monday at 1 to 4 at booth 4462. So we've got seven PGY1s in, in our one PGY2 spot. Uh, we are doing PBS interviews for that. I'll be doing uh, and handling all the PBS interviews for the PGY2. So if you haven't signed up and you like my voice and think it's soothing, you can, <laughs> you can go ahead and uh, apply and uh, we'll uh, take a look and see if uh, we can fit you in. But that's it, man. We're really trying to work hard. We've got um, Christina's working on some uh, case reports. We've got a PG, another PGY1 working on a case report. We've got some things cooking in terms of regional lectures going and uh, really trying to um, continue some of the solid work we've had over the past couple of years. Hopefully another collab. Heck yeah. Let's do it. Especially if you like beards from the 80s. You should definitely, you should definitely go for it. <laughs> So that's another shout out is that I have the mustache for Movember, which is for uh, prostate cancer awareness. Uh, so we have a few of our uh, rotastic pharmacists, clinical specialists growing them out right now. Nice. Some of them are pretty pathetic. Some of them are really creepy like this, but uh, at least your prostate will be taken care of one day because of the research dollars that hopefully we can uh, provide. Love it. So pay us because you like our, our mustaches or you can pay us to shave them off either way. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. And I know we've referenced the story on on another podcast, but I don't think we haven't actually, especially from the horse's mouth, how Brady even got hooked up with you, right? Because it there was kind of what we've been talking oh, yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go? Yeah. So I, I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but shameless plug. I, I mean, I mean, yeah, we're all shameless doing shameless plug. plugs here. 
was I just got, you know, so the rumor had it that one of the, the guys that we were going to interview had said, oh, they had heard about uh, our program from the from my ramblings on the podcast that you guys just, I, for whatever reason, you guys keep letting me come on here. I just, I, I keep telling everybody, I'm like, one of these days they're going to figure it out. I'm like. <laughs> Dude, we, we shouldn't be allowed on the podcast. So I'm pretty sure you're fine. <laughs> And then there's always like, a, you know, everyone says, why don't you start your own podcast? You do quite a few. And I said, no, 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 no. You want a, a podcast is like a boat. And you, you guys will agree <laughs> with this. <laughs> you don't want to be the guy with the boat. You want to be the guy <laughs> that has friends with the boat. <laughs> yes, we live in Charleston, and I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely correct. You want the friend with the boat. The friend sure. with the boat, you don't want the boat. Can I tell him your story? You want me to go away so you can be honest? Or? No, you can stay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so I – like you guys are saying is it's kansas and i wasn't really looking at kansas for programs i was looking back where i was from uh around south dakota area shout out sdsu go jacks yeah um i looked at like 15 or so programs and i was um traveling back and forth between an apb rotation and i was listening to your podcast actually just to and or back and forth it was about 40 minute drive and um one of my interests you know critical care and uh, brian came on talking about sepsis and that was my main project for the year was a sepsis topic. And I thought I had sepsis down pretty well. Listened to his topic or his discussion helped me out a lot. Um, decided to check out the program. And uh, the rest is history. I, I matched, thankfully. Uh, got here and realized I don't know anything about sepsis. And I uh, learned more <laughs> as, I, as I'm here. But no, it's definitely uh, definitely because of you guys that I'm, I'm here right now. No, it's just it, that's because Brian's a phenomenal teacher, not because of us. We just sit here and goof around on the microphone. We just listen to him spill all his knowledge. You guys still have the same Venmo, right? Or <laughs> yeah, perfect. If you could just go ahead and hit me with that cash tonight, that'd be perfect. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. I, honestly, that makes me beyond happy to to hear because one, Brian is a phenomenal teacher, and so I'm super pumped that we can kind of make a a platform for him to to do that because I like. You know, I like being able to put on people who especially who are good innovators and want to bring up the next generation properly. And so it's it's awesome. I'm, I'm super glad that you found him through through the podcast. And thanks for even listening to the podcast in the first place, man. That yeah. means a ton to us. South Dakota. I love it. We got people listening in South Dakota. There, there are people in South Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we, we had six people from Egypt download our podcast last yeah. month, so South Dakota is probably a lot more. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> cool. But yeah, that's awesome, man. I appreciate you kind of sharing that with us. That's cool. Brian told me about that a while back, and I was like, no freaking way. <laughs> Did somebody find your his residency because <laughs> of the podcast? But yeah, it was cool. Justina, how big of a fan of the podcast are you? <laughs> I put everybody on the spot. <laughs> everybody on spot. She like legit had to go see, like legit, legit saved a life. We have like a we have a patient with a black brain bleed down there that oh like gosh. you know we're we're trying to reduce intracranial pressures. Which yeah. shout out to the TBI lecture we did for show notes on that. <laughs> back, go back and do it. When, when the doc tells the nurse they want seventy milligrams of mannitol, it's really to nursing. Yeah, <laughs> so he's like trying to, you know, <laughs> semi do him a job for me, but nice. that all speaks like, yeah, these two have been great. Like they're 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 fantastic, and it's just fun to to come to work and I, uh, you know, and try to teach them like you said and, and give back. It's what's the most rewarding part is seeing them 
have that like light bulb go off and, and see them, you know, really get it and, and click and connect and hit their groove. Um, I guess the shout out should be, I'm not like the easiest preceptor. I do expect quite a bit from me. <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a, what was my award last year that tough I won? Love. The tough He's love the tough award. Love <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, hopefully we, you know, it's, it all comes from a place of really wanting you to succeed. Like that's where I get my, as I say, like my cup fills whenever I see the residents, um, succeed and do well and gain that confidence in themselves. So, Heck yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. As long as you don't threaten them with uh, physical violence, I don't know that you're as tough of a preceptor as, as Mike is. So. Okay, we've already explained this in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I had to threaten Patrick. <laughs> you, had, you had to do because it. Because he didn't think he could make it to residency, so I had to thre- threaten him with strangulation if he didn't <laughs> if he didn't apply. It was for his own good. And they still uh, gave me precept of the year. Are they crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not after these I don't two think, episodes. Yeah, after I just totally put myself on blast the last two episodes, I'm, I'll never get it again, oh, but gosh. we tried. Yeah, that's good. That's when you just hit the, the beep, 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 beep as yeah. you're talking during the episode. <laughs> no, nah, that's, that's too much editing. I can't. I don't have time for that. <laughs> too much work. My editing revolves on hitting the button that says stop on the record and then push to, <laughs> push to Spotify. <laughs> Oh man, but uh, that's uh, that's cool. Anything else you want to share while you while we're on here? I know you guys are at work, so I don't want to keep you too long. But uh, well, these guys, I I do have to say, I don't know when everybody will be listening to this. They stayed like, and this just shows you too, like why it's so fun to teach them. But they stayed, you know, two, three, four, about uh, two, three, four hours extra after work to come and uh, do this podcast. So. It's been, you know, just the type of dedication and um, effort that they're putting in. And, and like I said, those are the type of things that if you see that it makes it all worth it. So shout out to them. Any closing? Yeah. Um, one thing I definitely say is take notes on the programs. Um, if you're like me and have a ton of different programs you're looking at, it's really hard to keep them all straight. Even you guys with a good memory. I mean, you could be asking a lot of the same questions over and over, get a lot of the same answers. It's really hard to keep them all straight. So bring a, a scratch paper, bring, you know, even if you're right on back of one of their business cards or something just just take take notes because that was something that helped me a lot when narrowing down those little things like those personality quirks that you find when you're going booth to booth cool that's awesome don't be afraid to ask the hard questions either like the showcase is very much for you and so asking residents like what's the hardest part of your residency right now what would you change what don't you like what do you like things like that trying to get an idea of what the residency program really is and if they're decent people, they'll try to give you a good idea and uh, not pull the wool over your eyes. <laughs> nice. Brian, anything else? Keep on keeping on, boys. There it is. Always. Love it. Pleasure. Yeah, man. Hey, shoot me a text with your booth number and uh, all that information again, and I'll put it back in the show notes and then put blast it on Instagram and all that fun stuff. I'm putting it on the gram, dude. Mm. Oh. Sometimes, oh, you, sometimes you gotta get things to go viral. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and by viral, I mean like ten people see it. So. <laughs> All right, oh, man. man. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Um, oh, thank you, boys. Really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you have any questions, um, comments for Brian at all, I'll put his email, whether he likes it or not, in the show notes to make sure you have con- can contact him. I'll put his uh, 
Instagram um, tag and all that stuff on there. So if you have questions for him, make sure you hit him up. Um, he's a nice guy, though. He's usually pretty good about answering stuff. But thank you all so much for listening. If you do like the podcast, uh, please, you know, subscribe and leave us a rating or a, a comment if you want. That'd be great, too, as long as it's not too mean because it hurts our feelings. And uh, we will hit you guys next time. Thanks.